Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, uh, that it is alive and active, uh, piercing souls and hearts. And we pray that this morning that you would just do that to us, uh, transform our hearts and our mind, so that we can be more like Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. So this is, um, uh, if you guys, I don't know if you know this uh, lady here, the lady on the left. Her name is Angela. So she's one of the S9 English congregation members. And she actually recently just ran a marathon at the border of North Korea uh, just to raise awareness and money for the persecuted Christian in North Korea. And uh, Angela and her husband, Matt, uh, both did a marathon. Uh, Matt did a half marathon, and Angela did the full one. And, you know, I, I, I was talking to them in, uh, uh, last year, and it just didn't sound very easy uh, to run a marathon. I, I know for myself that I can't run at all. Uh, I, I think the last time that I really ran was when I was trying to impress my wife, Catherine, because I know that she loves running, but I could never really catch up with her because she's always 100 meters ahead of me. But somehow I'm still managed to catch her to be my wife, so I'm still a winner in the end. But anyway, you know, running a marathon is not easy. Uh, it requires sustained efforts. It requires perseverance. Uh, there will be a time where it gets really, really hard. Uh, when you're running uphill, uh, when the lactic acid is building up, uh, when you're just feeling thirsty, when you just feel like you want to give up. But you know that if you persevere through all this, there will be a time when you finish the race, uh, you will receive that reward that's been promised. And I think that our Christian life is just like that. Uh, it's just a bit like, can we go to the next slide? It's just a bit like uh, running the race, and it's probably more like a marathon. There will be a time when it's hard, and there will be a time where we will be rewarded for finishing our race, for the perseverance of our faith. And we are running the Christian race until we die, until Jesus returns, whichever comes first. And the question for us today is, uh, you know, how do we run the Christian race well? How do we run the Christian race well? Well, that's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, so firstly, firstly, we run the Christian race well by fixing our eyes on Jesus. We run the Christian race well by fixing our eyes on Jesus. So let's read from the Bible. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, uh, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, uh, if, you, if you know your, if you have been reading Hebrews, uh, in the previous chapter of Hebrews is Hebrews 11, and it talks about the heroes of faith in the Old Testament. So there's people like Abraham, people like Moses, David, uh, they, they are the people who have finished their race, they have run their race, they have kept their faith in God until the end, they are trusted in God's promise. And today the writer Hebrews says to us, we are to follow in their footsteps, we are to run with perseverance the race that's been marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. 
And in order to fix our eye on Jesus, we've got to do two things. We've got to throw off everything that hinders, and we've got to throw off the sin that so easily entangles. Now, I talked about Matt and Angela, and uh, just imagine them uh, carrying a 20-kilo backpack while they're running the marathon. You know, how, long, how long do you think they will last? You know, probably not very long. You know, or, or if you think about it, if they try to run with uh, the marathon with their shoes tied together, well, forget running, they probably can't even walk properly uh, with the shoes and tangled together. So we've got to throw off everything that hinders and sins that so easily entangled so that we can run the race properly. So let me ask you, have you got anything in your life that hinders you from keeping your faith in God? Something that's keeping you from running the race? Do you have unnecessary financial burden? That means you have to spend an enormous amount of time earning money, leaving little time for God. Are you setting your children up to pursue success or to pursue holiness and righteousness? Are you committing them to too many different activities that steal them away from meeting with others at the youth group or church? Are you spending all your holidays on gaming, Korean drama, binging Netflix, traveling all around the world, but you neglect the needs of your own spiritual growth? Are you idolizing your family, your relationship with your partner, with your boyfriend, girlfriend, worshiping them over worshiping God? Are you entangled in a sin that keeps tripping you over? You know, a sin that makes, your, makes it hard for keeping your faith in God, whether it's like sexual immorality, greed, anger, gossip, pride. Do you have anything that you need to throw off for the sake of running the race, for keeping your faith in God? You now, some of you may be sitting here and you're thinking, you know, hey, Dan, what's wrong with all this? There's nothing wrong with earning money. Uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting my kids to be successful. Uh, there's nothing wrong with wanting to spend more time with my family to go on holidays. Are there sins? Well, everyone sins, so no one is perfect. Well, if this is you, can I just say that you're asking the wrong question here? I think the question you need to ask yourself is, does any of this help you or others run the race well for God? Or does it get in your way? Does it help you run? Or does it get in your way? You know, when you try to be more loving, to be more generous, to be more self-controlled, more pure, more faithful, more like Jesus, do these things get in your way? Or do they help you to run? And it will come at a cost. I know we're talking about getting rid of things. We're talking about giving things up. But we're also talking about keeping our faith in God. And the writer of Hebrews says, you know, keep your eyes on Jesus, fix your eyes on him. You know, not only that Jesus is a great example of someone who kept his faith in God, he's the author, he's the perfecter of our faith. In other words, he's the reason that faith in God even works, that faith in God gives a certain hope for the future. Without Jesus' faith in God achieved nothing. We're not forgiven by Abraham's faith. 
We don't receive eternal life by Moses' faith, but we get this by Jesus, through Jesus, through His faithfulness in carrying out His Father's will, by His perseverance to the cross, taking on the wrath of God on our behalf so that we can be fully forgiven, so that we can receive eternal life because of Him. We can, even have, we can have a relationship with God. So look at Jesus. Jesus went through suffering. He was mocked. He was beaten. He was crucified. And yet he endured through it all. And how did he do that? Well, he knew. He knew the future that God has in store for him. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning each shame. Jesus knew the joy that even after his death, he would be resurrected and restored to God's right hand in glory. He knew the joy that through his death, that many people, men, women, boys, and girls, he would bring many people to the family of God. He knew the joy of seeing his people delivered from sin. He knew the joy of sharing eternity with his people in the new creation. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He knew the joy of what's to come, and he kept his faith in God. And knowing this, seeing how Jesus lived, seeing how he persevered for our faith, we are now to consider him, that we too will persevere in our faith. You know, the other day I was uh, meeting up with my ministry friends. Uh, he was going through a really hard time. He was being slandered in his ministry. He was accused of things that he didn't do. And he was on the edge of giving up ministry. And I just asked him, you know, why didn't you give up? Uh, what kept you going? He said, well, I just, I just, at the time, I just thought of Jesus and what he went through. You know, he was mocked, he was accused, and he, was, he endured it all for my sake. So I want to keep going for Jesus' sake, for the sake of my brothers and sisters in Christ, even though it's hard. Jesus went into suffering when he didn't need to, when he didn't have to, and he endured it all the way to the cross for us and for you. And he's finished the race. And he's given you everything you need to run the race. He's given you forgiveness of sin, adoption into his family, his Holy Spirit, and eternal life. So fix your eyes on Jesus. Well, secondly, we can run the race well by enduring hardship as God's loving discipline. Enduring hardship by, as God's loving discipline. Like I said before, running a Christian race, it's not always easy. You will face hardships along the way. And the writer of Hebrews 1 is growing our understanding of our hardship and how to deal with them. He says this in verse 4, uh, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children, for what children are not disciplined? by their father. Now, our hardship is part of our struggle against sin because we're still living in this sinful world. Jesus hasn't returned yet. We still remain in this sinful world. So in order to keep our faith in God, we, we have to struggle against sin. 
I think all of us do struggle with sin, and sometimes we can feel like giving up, especially when we keep falling into the same sin over and over again. You know, what's the point? It's too hard. What the writer of Hebrews wants to say to us, I'm glad you've been struggling against sin, but don't complain how hard it is, because you haven't yet died for it. In other words, how high of a price are you willing to put on keeping your faith in God? And why, what are you willing to go through to throw off the sin that so easily entangles? Now just imagine hey, you see the doctor and he says, and then you got a tumor in your body. And in order to remove that tumor, you need to go through surgery and painful recovery. But if you go through with it, then you will live. But if you don't, then you won't. You know, what will you do? You know, I know what I would do. I will do everything I can to remove that tumor in order to live. And, uh, and God says that, you know, we need to have the same ruthlessness when it comes to removing sin in our lives so that we can keep running the race. And the good news is God is at work uh, to remove sins in our lives, but like the doctor removing the tumor, it's going to be hard. It's going to hurt. And in order to do that, God lovingly disciplines us by giving us hardship. And verse 7 says, endure hardship as discipline. Our difficulties in life, our hardship, is God's loving discipline on us. He's treating us as his sons and daughters, and therefore he disciplines us. Uh, what does it mean by discipline? For many of us, you know, the word discipline can be seen as negative. You know, I think it's often seen as a punishment. Now, I don't know if you, any of you know what this is. Uh, I know that when I was, uh, some of you know what this is, but I know that when I was back in Malaysia, my dad used to have this chicken feather cane that he used to discipline us. Uh, you know, at school, my, my teacher also used cane for anyone who got below 50% for their test. Oh, well, it was scary. Uh, it was nerve-wracking whenever we received the results. And discipline back then for me was, you know, always something to do with punishment, uh, something to do with the chicken feather cane. Uh, but God's discipline is different. God's discipline is not a punishment. Because Jesus has already taken all of our punishment on the cross. His discipline for us is more like a correction uh, guidance from a loving Father to bring change in our lives so that we can be more like Jesus. Now, I realize this can be a hard truth to hear, especially when we're in the middle of hardship. You know, for some of us, thinking of God as our Father who disciplines us uh, really just brings us painful memory of our own earthly fathers. Uh, maybe your father was a tyrant uh, who would hardly show any love to you at all, so the last thing that you want to do is to think of God as your father. And if this is you, I, I understand that this is painful, and it is disappointing, it is hurtful. Because the father is meant to love, to protect, to nurture. But not, but not all fathers are like that. But can I just say that poor human fathers don't change the fact that God is a perfect father. 
poor human fathers don't change the fact that God is a perfect father. And I had to wrestle with this myself as well for a long time, and sometimes I still wrestle with this. Sometimes I project my own earthly father's image onto God, and, and I know that that's not very helpful. And that's not who God is. God is a perfect, loving father who cares about us and who wants the best for us. So it's good to keep reminding yourself of that. That our hardship is God's loving disciplines to us as our Father. Now another hard thing to hear is that you know, God is the one who stands behind all of our hardship. He's the one who gave it to us. You know, uh, I think sometimes we often think of God as the, the God who's behind the good things. Uh, but the bad things, we don't really talk about it as being from God. Uh, so, and so we reduce our God to be the God of the things that we like and enjoy, but we take him out of the picture when things go bad. And if God is only in control of the good things, does that mean that bad things are out of his control? And if that's true, then who's in control of the bad things? And will God be able to overcome it? Will he help me through it? Will he be able to help me through it? But that's not what we're seeing here. The Bible actually has a much bigger picture of God that he's in control of all things, the good and the bad. He stands behind our difficulties in life. And the writer of Hebrews actually doesn't see this truth as uncomfortable. He actually says in verse 5 that he sees it as words of encouragement because he knows that in the hard times that God is still in control, that he has a purpose for it, even when we don't see it at the time. Our hardship doesn't mean that God has taken his hands off the wheel. It's how God disciplines us in love. So how are we to approach the hardship in our lives? Well, verse 7 says, we need to enjoy them, we need to submit Submit to them as God's discipline. Let's read again from verse 7. Enjoy hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. And moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more shall we submit to the father of spirits and live? that discipline us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. So our discipline, uh, our attitude to God's discipline should be one of submission. You know, we don't use hardship as an excuse to resent God, to accuse Him for failing to love us, or opportunity to whinge or to be bitter. That shouldn't be our attitude. You shouldn't respond like the child uh, stop working. No more? Oh, okay. There's some missing slides. That's all right. Uh, we're not to respond like a child who doesn't get in their way. You know, they scream, they slam their bag, they kick their bags, and they throw their toys. We need to submit to them, submit to God, and enjoy hardship as discipline. You see, our earthly parents' discipline is not perfect even if they have the best intentions in the world. Their discipline is still limited from another perspective, but God's discipline is perfect. 
He always knows what his children need and when they need them, and so his discipline is always for our good, to make us more holy, even though it is hard and painful. And verse 11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So God is actually using our hardship to train us in righteousness, to strip away our sins, to make us more like Christ, to keep our faith in Him no matter what. So I want you right now just to think of something hard that's going on in your life right now. Here's the thing, you know, the most important about your hardship is not that it will go away, it's not that it will become easy. The most important thing is that whether or not you will use this opportunity to grow in holiness and righteousness. You know, your hardship right now could be your physical or mental health, maybe depression, anxiety. It just makes, makes it hard to do anything. Then use your hardship to long for the new creation where sin, sickness, and pain are no more. Use your hardship to praise God that being one of His children doesn't depend on you being functional, being perfect. Use your hardship to grow in your appreciation, appreciation of God's grace and to persevere in your own faith. Maybe your hardship right now could be relational breakdown, troubles at work, marriage, family. Maybe you've been deeply hurt or you've hurt someone or both. Then use your hardship to remember the complete forgiveness of God for your sins and grow in your willingness to forgive and to ask for forgiveness when needed. Maybe your hardship right now is the loss of a loved one. Maybe you're still going through the grief of this moment. Then use your hardship to sharpen your conviction that Jesus has risen from the dead and that death is not the end. So renew your hope in God and be assured that eternal life is real. So whatever hardship that you're going through, use it to grow in holiness and righteousness Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't fix your eyes in your troubles, but grow to be more like Him. And the writer of Hebrews ends with this in verse 12 to 13. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. So he's picking up imagery of running the race again in God, and it says, stay in the race, strengthen your arms and knees, make level paths. In other words, keep running. Through the hardship, keep your faith in God, fix your eyes on Jesus, consider Him, and trust Him as He disciplines you through hardship. I just want to finish off with a story. Uh, there's this guy, there's this British athlete uh, called Derek Redman. Uh, he's at the Summer Olympics in 1992 at the quarterfinals at the 400-meter sprint. A lifetime of training had brought him to this moment, and he was one of the favorites for the gold medal. But halfway through the race, he tore his hamstring, and he collapsed on the track. It was a really crushing blow to him. He, he actually he refused medical treatment 
He started getting up. He started hobbling down the racetrack. He said, I'm going to finish this race. And then an older man uh, came through and fought through the security and went alongside him. And that was his father. And he carried him and he said to his son, we'll finish this together. And they finished the race together. He didn't get the gold medal, but it was a defining moment of the Olympic game back then. So beautiful stories of perseverance, beautiful story of a tender fatherly's heart. Now you and I, we've also been given a race to run. All of us encounters obstacles and occasion for discouragement. And there's no question that hardship is hard. It usually takes us by surprise and strike us when we're most vulnerable. But like this athlete, Derek, we can persevere through it. And God, as our loving Father, is with us every step of the way. And He will help us to persevere and grow through the hardship. And then there's Jesus at the end of the finish line. He's cheering you on. Fix your eyes on Him. Keep running. Eternalized with just a few steps away. Don't give up. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. And thank you, Lord, that you've given us everything to run the race well. And we pray that you will help us to enjoy, enjoy our race by submitting to you, by growing in holiness and righteousness, by throwing off everything that entangles, that hinders us from running the race. And thank you, Lord, that you are with us every step of the way. And we just pray that this morning, that for those who are going through difficulties, for those who are going through hard things in their lives right now, that we pray for your comfort, and we pray for your peace, pray for your uh, strength to help them to keep going, to keep fixing their eyes on you. In Jesus' name, amen.